It's, it's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Week 9 in the NFL, Bears and Saints coming up here on ESPN Chicago at noon. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer will have the call of the game. We have our network pregame show starting up in one hour with Sylvie Lance and Dion right here on ESPN Chicago. The Bears are two and six. The Saints are four and four. And the Bears are heavy underdogs hanging into this matchup. Some spots have them at nine and a half points. Uh, other spots, eight and a half. Uh, so that's the, the setup for this game as we head towards New Orleans today for the Bears and the Saints. Justin Fields practiced on Friday. Abdallah, he is listed as limited in practice on Friday. He was throwing the football. Saw a video of that online. And uh, if you're watching the late local news on Friday, and Matt Eberflew said he's 51% out because he's listed as doubtful. To me, that would say there's a 49% chance that he could play. And also, he said, we'll see how the weekend goes. Is there a chance today that Fields could be active but not the starter? I think that that would be crazy, right? If yes. he was the backup today, but but he's not he's I, not starting, but he's active on game day. I would think he's going to be inactive today, because I, I think it would be weird a weird situation where, okay, so what are, the the only way you're going to put him in is if Bajan gets hurt, right? Well, then what's Nathan Peterman here for? You know, like if you're paying Peterman, and at that point, if Bajan gets hurt, sure you bring in Justin Fields, but then that risks. An injury, but also at the same time, if he's ready to go on Thursday and he's the backup today, isn't he just ready to go today? That, that's what I'm saying. Like, like they didn't rule on Friday, they didn't rule him out for the weekend. I was surprised by that. I still go back to what Matty Flues told Waddle and Sylvia that Bajan is going to start today. I truly believe that Bajan is going to start today and, and, Justin Fields would be inactive. It would be a weird situation to say that he's ready to play in case Bajan gets hurt, but he's not ready enough to start. Right. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. But he's also, he's ready, he's not ready enough to start, but he's also going to play on Thursday. Well, here's Matt Eberflus on Friday after practice. As you guys saw, Fields was back today. Uh, good to see him back at practice. Uh, he's progressing day to day. Uh, now, so it's that's good to see him take that next step um, in that progression. Uh, he was dialed in on the game plan this whole week, as he's been the last couple weeks, and it's good to see him take that next step. As you guys see, he's doubtful for the game, uh, which is 51% out, uh, but we'll see where it progresses um, through this weekend and on to uh, the start of next week as well. Is there a possibility Fields could play or start Sunday? It's Like I said, it's doubtful yeah. uh, right now. And we're just letting it progress as it goes. And that's where we put it right now. So it's uh, it's good to see him throw out day to day for sure. What would you need to see to make that determination? Yeah, he can play. Yeah, just more progression. Just more progression. Just more uh, working through it. You know, we got mock game tomorrow and then go from there. But, uh, again, he's, he's healing up nicely. So that's good. It's still like a swelling grip strength thing. Yeah, but that's getting better. I mean, obviously you guys saw him throw today and, and he's working through that. And we'll see where it goes. How about the short week? You get can Fields play like Thursday, or would you rather like give him a ten another ten days after that? What is what's the assuming it's unlikely Sunday? What about Thursday versus? Yeah, that's really dependent on uh, Justin, uh, where his his pain tolerance is when he throws, and then also the functionality of it. You know where it goes from there, and then um, again that's day to day, and then the trainers. 
know, where the trainers say he is, and then we work uh, work through it, and we look at it as a coaching staff and say, hey, this is where he is. He's he's accurate, looks good, everything looks on point, and uh, go from there. Since Tyson's looked pretty solid, you know, by all counts, he's done a good job commanding the huddle, commanding the offense. Has that afforded you more time to let Justin get, like, all the way fully healthy rather than rushing him back? Yeah, we would do that anyway. We, we would give him all the time he needs to come back full and healthy. You know, they're all, we're always going to do that. But certainly having Tyson, you know, with the way he operates the offense and his, his functionality in our offense in terms of just operating um, has it, been a big positive. So I was mad to Eberflus on Friday talking about Justin Fields and the situation of Fields practicing Friday being limited in practice and then being listed as doubtful for today's game. Here's what I'd say. Even though I'm suggesting that uh, perhaps it's a 49% chance that he could play, I would say this. Usually at this point in the weekend, if there were an if there was an idea that Fields was going to play today, the insiders around the league would have already been whispering that Fields is gearing up to play yeah, today. Rappaport, Schefter, yeah. anybody like like National Jeremy Report Fowler, is, yeah, yes. someone, um, Josina Anderson, yes. uh, Diana Rossini. Yes. One of those people well, on on Sunday morning slash Saturday evening would have already put out there, Justin Fields is going to give it a try this morning. And that would have been news already. They you see did, what I'm though. saying? They did. Who who put it out there? Well, three hours ago, Adam Schefter said six rookie quarterbacks will start today. If he knew differently, okay, yeah, he would have put. He would have said Fields would have, would be starting. Because yeah, my my point is like someone would have had a report like yeah. Saturday evening, yeah. like Justin Fields is going to try to to go, or he's going to warm up and see how it feels like that information would have already been out 1000 percent, it would and i think Schefter tweeting earlier that bajan is one of the six rookies that are starting today is saying that he's going to start now i think you come back if your fields against the panthers worst team in the nfl you've got a chance to build your confidence get some quick throws out there maybe he learned something from tyson bajan and he gets out there and he looks good against the panthers then you've got 10 days to prepare for the lions You've got the Vikings after that, a Kirk Cousinless Vikings after that. Then you've got the bye week. So, like, it's an easier way to come back, right? Yeah. Like, then coming in today, having only three days, four days to get ready for another game against the Panthers. I think easing him in to the Panthers game will be much better than having him come out today against a top 10 defense that could get him killed. Vic in Portage Park. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Vic? Hey, you guys, what's going on? Love the show. Thanks, um, man. Just, one, just wanted to uh, check in with you guys. First of all, I'm a biased Ohio State fan, so I, I don't want this to come off bad, but I wanted to touch base on the uh, Tyson Bajan, um, um who's going to start when Fields is healthy. And I know that there's been talk. If, if Bajan comes out today and balls out, it, there's going to be a quarterback controversy. But I just don't – I don't think the Pauls could do that at this point because right now – you have to start Fields, especially against Carolina. You're not going to start him today against top ten defense in the league. You got to see what he is the rest of the year because he's. If you're going to trade him, he needs to have. You know. You know what I mean. He has to play against these lesser teams, and Bajan's also on his rookie deal, so you still have him for the next few years either way. So I mean, that, that's all I got. And, uh, love your show, and I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Thanks for the call, Vic. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think that you know. Um... 
I don't know if easing him into the Panthers game, I just think it's, it would be tough for him to come back against this team. Like, obviously, you're in the NFL. You need to play. Like, you need to play against top defenses. You need to play against bad defenses. You need to play, right? You're not going to just have him play against the bad teams. Like, he's not going to sit out against Detroit and Minnesota and then Detroit again, but then play against the Cardinals and the Falcons. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're, you're a starter. You play. You play, right? Like, if he was fully healthy, I think he would have been out there. If the swelling went down enough and, you know, he could grip the football and that was good enough for Friday, that's good enough for Friday, right? It's still not good enough for today. Make him inactive. Don't be weird. But then again, this is a guy that didn't use a timeout in a single game last year. Uh, this is a guy that's had some other questionable decisions. Or last, last week, I mean, this is a guy that's had some other questionable decisions. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, they would say that Fields is the backup today. Like, would you be surprised if they were like, guess what? Bajan's going to start, but just in case, Fields can go. Because I feel like there's been mishandling of injuries and of timeout like every at every opportunity yeah i go with the fact that they're more likely to mishandle something than not the problem with that though is if they do that that immediately opens the door for a quarterback controversy because i think if fields is able to be active he has to start 100 percent. so you can't make him active today and then have him be the backup because now this is a quarterback controversy because now he's good enough to play because what if something happens? He's good yeah. enough to be in there. He's not good enough to start, though. But when in doubt, though, they always go to the not correct solution. They always go to the weird way. That's yes. what they do. The weird way. They yes. always go to the no, weird. No, I agree. Like, why aren't you calling timeouts at the end of the half? Like, why aren't you extending the game? Like, why aren't you? Why are you? not kicking a field goal like why like they always do the opposite of what you should do and so it wouldn't surprise me if you know in a couple hours we get the inactives like an hour and a half we get the inactives and it's like guess who's the backup that that would you're right that would be the weird way that 100% would be the weird way Marcus Minneapolis listening on the ESPN Chicago app what's up Marcus what's going on guys how are you good Hear me out um, on this. So, a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of b- good quarterbacks, they're never really taken like number one, right? Um, like Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. You know, of course, we, we know the names. So, I seen someone say that there's about five good college quarterbacks this year. The last few weeks, some people are starting to get down on Caleb Williams. So, I was thinking, if the Bears get a couple top picks in the draft this year, and they can trade back and still get good players like a Marvin Harrison Jr., offensive tackle, whatever, and still get a another pick somewhere in the middle of the first round. What do you guys think about them drafting one of the other quarterbacks, like a Penix or, or, or somebody like that? I'm just hypothetical. Say they got like the 14th pick and they draft one of those quarterbacks and still keep fields to give him another shot with maybe a new coaching staff next year. Thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks for the call, Marcus. Uh, I'd say I I think if you know you need to draft a quarterback, you're doing it in the first round with that first pick that you have from the Panthers. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Shea was in for you on Friday night, and we kind of talked around this idea. Like, what if Fields shows you enough? It's kind of what Marcus is bringing up. What if he shows you enough, and the Bears use their third-round pick on a quarterback, say if J.J. McCarthy falls to the third round or Bo Nix mm-hmm. falls to the third round, would you be 
okay with the Bears selecting one of those guys and then allowing Fields and Bo Nix, Fields and J.J. McCarthy, Fields and Shadur Sanders, like have a quarterback competition slash you're going with Fields for the first year. Second year would be uh, when you kind of turn it over to the next quarterback. I think that would get messy. I I feel like if you're going to go quarterback – just use that top pick Here's the on Caleb Williams or Drake May and just be done with this uh, Fields experiment. The, well, I don't mind keeping Fields. He's cost-effective for one more year, right? I just have a problem with bringing in a new head coaching staff because we're also in the assumption that they're going to bring in a new coaching staff, correct? Were you and Shay in the assumption that a new coaching staff is coming in? Let's Depen- just say it depends yes. on how it finishes. Let's just say yes, okay? I Let's mean, just if, say if yes. they can get the seven wins, I think Eberflus is back. I don't want a new coaching staff and someone to come in and not be willing to take the job because in his meetings with Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren, they say, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to trade the first overall pick. I'm going to select a quarterback later in the rounds, and you're going to have a competition between whoever I take and Fields because we're going to try to make this work. I want whoever they interview, whether it's Ben Johnson, whether it's Harbaugh, whoever it is, to have a say in who that quarterback is going to be. And if it means taking one in the first round and Fields and you have a competition, fine. But I don't want to force a quarterback onto a coach just because he's here. Right. Like that's how they've been doing it. And it's why they keep getting into this mess. Right. Like I just want the coach and the quarterback and the GM to be aligned for once in the last 20 years. Right. Like Ryan Poles isn't going anywhere. He wouldn't have made the the Montez sweat deal if he was going somewhere like you don't do that. Okay, you don't get the approval from Kevin Warren from, you know, to spend that much money from the McCaskies if you're not going to be around next year. Now, if he's interviewing Ben Johnson and Ben Johnson's like, look, you guys got the first overall pick. I'm taking Drake May. I'm out on Caleb Williams. I don't like the way his, I don't like his his fumbles. I don't like his interceptions. I don't think his game translates. Drake May's my guy. That's who I'm going with. I like him. Here's my plan. That's what I'm going to go do. And then they go, funny thing about that is, you're not going to get Drake May because I'm trading that pick and we're going to go with J.J. McCarthy or Bo Nix or even Michael Penix who's injured 90% of the time. Um, He's played great, but he's hurt constantly. So he's going to fall in the draft. And so if I'm Ben Johnson, I'm like, no, why? You're not going to get the best available candidate that way. I want the best available candidate and that means letting them make that decision of, we're going to take the best available quarterback and not try to do this. Like, if Fields is here, that's fine. I'm not saying cut Fields or release him or trade him or whatever. If it ends up happening, fine. But I don't want this fake quarterback controversy going into a quarterback competition just because he happens to be in the building. You know, uh, watching last night, uh, Washington, USC, you saw Penix and Williams go head-to-head. Caleb Williams, 27-35, 312 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a horrific fumble, though, at the end of the first half. That essentially, the way the game script was going was SC scored on their first possession, and it was like back and forth, right? It was almost like they were playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what happened was, because of the fumble at the end of the first half, Washington got short field and was able to score an additional touchdown to take the lead heading into halftime. 
And that's where USC just never had an opportunity to kind of get that back. Yeah. And the fumble was classic Caleb Williams. Uh, holding on to it way too long in the pocket, dancing backwards. Football low gets knocked out and fumble recovery for the Huskies. And that, that was what really turned the tide for the rest of the game. And Penix was was good, 22 of 30, 256, two touchdowns. He threw an interception uh, at one point in the end zone, and USC thought that they, they got it back after that, um, the momentum that is. But, like, in real, reality, like, I don't know if Caleb Williams was good last night. He can't make up for how bad USC's defense is. Mm-hmm. Can't stop the run whatsoever. They allowed Johnson to run for 256 yards on the ground, four touchdowns. Couldn't stop him whatsoever. It's a major problem for Lincoln Riley. Alex Grinch likely needs to be fired, and the defense needs an overhaul. But, you know, Caleb, at, at the end of the game, there, there's a lot going on online because uh, the cameras caught him getting into the uh, climbing into the stands to talk to his parents, and he's clearly crying yeah. at the end of the game. Now, I'm not seeing as much publicity about the Washington Huskies linebacker who's crying on the field after the game, after the win, which mm-hmm. emotions are high for both sides after yeah. a win like that. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's tough to tell or tough to figure out whether or not Caleb Williams is a can't-miss prospect. What bothered me last night was that fumble at the end of the first half. That essentially changed the game for USC. They had control of the game. That fumble from Caleb Williams was a bad decision. It was on him that that happened. What bothers me about Caleb Williams is the same things that we say about Justin Fields. Stay in the pocket throw the football can he do that or is he going to run around and try to make something happen and wait 10 seconds to throw the football every single time because the highlights you see of him are never of him stepping up into the pocket and throwing a missile into the end zone right it's always him running around running around running around waiting for a guy to get open and throwing 40 yards downfield because coverage has broken down by that point and making a play we've seen that with fields it doesn't work in the nfl you can't operate an offense like that. It works in college, and it, if he had a better defense, they might have more wins, but it works for him now in college. I'm not saying I'm completely out on, on Caleb Williams. I'm, that just worries me more so than, you know, the. I mean, the fumbles are troublesome, and, and, and yes, holding on to the football is obviously a problem. We've seen it with Justin Fields. It's a problem. But I don't, I'm not necessarily out on him yet. It's Black Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. We're getting you ready for Bears and Saints. Noon kick here on ESPN Chicago. We'll update the uh, Chiefs and the Dolphins score from Frankfurt, Germany. And also, I've got a question for you on the Bears. In this rebuilding job that uh, Ryan Poles is conducting with the Chicago Bears, are the Bears on schedule, ahead of schedule, or behind schedule mm-hmm. at this point? We're about a year and a half into this. Where are the Bears as far as the rebuild goes? We'll talk about that coming up next. The new home of the Bears. It's, it's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. The Dolphins and the Chiefs are playing right now in Germany. Second quarter, 11 minutes left to go in the second quarter. Chiefs lead 7-0 at the moment. And the Dolphins just got the football back. We'll let you know if there's any other scores, anything else takes place in that contest. Chiefs and Dolphins, early morning football from Frankfurt, Germany. It's Blocking Abdallah. We're getting you ready for the Bears and the Saints coming up at noon right here on ESPN Chicago. All right, Abdallah, I've got a question for you. 
Uh, right now, in the rebuild for Ryan Poles, he's made some big moves. Traded the number one pick for DJ Moore. He signs Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards in the offseason. Uh, last year, he traded for Chase Claypool. He also traded away Roquan Smith, who was a solid, really good defender and someone who's having a very good year now for the Baltimore Ravens. And then he trades for Montez Sweat, gives Sweat a new contract yesterday. Four years, $98 million, $72 million guaranteed. That was news yesterday with the Bears. So when you look at Ryan Poles and what the Bears have kind of put together over the course of the last year and a half, the last year and change, at this moment as a Bears fan, would you say that the Bears are on schedule, ahead of schedule, or behind schedule in regards to the rebuild? And and the reason I ask this is, I don't look at it as we know it's a rebuild, just take forever, just get it right type of thing. It's the NFL. Teams hit the bottom of the pool. They spring back up to the top. They go last to first all the time in every division. It happens. We see it yearly. Uh, And it's something that is uh, known for the NFL as a league of parity where you're never really on the bottom forever unless you're, uh, you know, a franchise that can just never figure it out like the Jets or or the Browns, historically, mm-hmm. or the Chicago Bears, which we've seen in uh, the last few decades, it'd be diff- more difficult than not to get out of the basement cellar of the NFC North. So when I, when I look at this team and we look ahead at this game, the Bears are 2-6, and six, year two of a rebuild, facing off against a team that's 4-4, four and four, that's not a Super Bowl contender, not very good, yet the Bears are still an underdog by eight-plus points. Where are the Bears right now in this rebuild? Are they on schedule, ahead of schedule, or behind schedule? Oh, they're behind. They're obviously behind. Because I think that it, it 100% has to do with Justin Fields and his inability to progress this season, right? Like, if, if he was playing well, like really well, like against the Commanders consistently, if he came out against the Packers and they won that game, and then that they you know then they go to Tampa they find a way to win that game because Fields is playing well. The problem is he didn't play well that game. Nobody thought they'd win the Chiefs game, but the fact that you got embarrassed that badly says where you are. Says where the difference is between the best team in the NFL, one of them, a top team in the NFL, and where you are right now as the Bears. You know, the Broncos game, Fields cost them that game again. Yeah. Progression of the quarterback costing them that game you beat the commanders all right you lose a close game to the vikings because neither quarterback played well in that game and then fields gets hurt and bajan comes in if fields had progressed the way we thought he was going to and hoped he was going to going into this season bajan would be oh man fields was playing so good and like now we got to watch that like there wouldn't be the hype that is Tyson Bajan before he got the starts because of what Justin Fields was performing at. We'd be talking about a guy who, you know, was trying to lead a team to a playoff. Like, I had them at, f- what, 5-2, and two, possibly 6-2 and two right now? Yes. <laughs> and they're not. Yes, which, you have them at 6-2. and two. Which yeah. isn't good. Uh, but that's where I thought they would be. And look, it's not like I thought that they were going to go out and beat the brakes off of people. I just thought that they were... And look at the Packers now. Like, that loss looks horrible. Oh, yeah. The and, Packers and are awful. What, the Bucks what, aren't great. What speaks to that, you know, you ask, are they on schedule, behind schedule, or, or they're ahead of schedule? The fact that game one, year two, 
all the vibes are good in training camp. All the vibes are great heading into the season. And you are not prepared. You're, you're embarrassed. Game one against your arch rival. Mm-hmm. Like that was such a, a kick in the teeth. And, and as you kind of look through the schedule, like, yeah, you're right. You, you thought that they had a chance. I thought they had a chance. I thought 6-2 and two was a little over the top. But I did think staying within 500 range was certainly doable. Um, I did not see this team being a bottom-dwelling team once again in the NFL. I thought they'd be right stuck in the middle with everyone else um, because that's kind of how the NFL works. I didn't expect them to be this bad. Now, you could paint the scenario with Montez Sweat in the mix now, and he will play today. That That's the expectation, that if the Bears can get some form of a pass rush and the defense can find a way to improve here over the next few weeks... There are some winnable games on the schedule. Now, I know we've, we've been proven before this season that, that we're wrong. Winnable games are not winnable with this group. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the matter of the fact. But, you know, when, when you look at it, this Saints game, they should not be a nine-point underdog. You go to Thursday against Carolina at home, you should win that game. Now, Detroit, you have Detroit in the next four weeks. You play Detroit twice. That's tough. You're not going to beat the Lions. No. I'm not trying to sell you that. But Minnesota is without their starting quarterback for the rest of the season. Minnesota, that's a winnable game. Okay, so that's at least two more. Now we're looking at four wins. Can you find a way to beat Arizona, Atlanta, and Green Bay at the end of the season? You could get to seven wins. That would put you at seven. And unfortunately for those who are raging against the head coach and this regime, I don't know if seven wins is bad enough to fire the coaching staff. Well, the problem with that is... Do you see what I'm saying? Like, like if they they finish December winning their final three games and Fields looks okay and the defense is improving each week because now they added someone who's really good in Montez Sweat... You know, I could see Arizona, you win. Atlanta, you win. Green Bay, you win. And now you're sitting there. You're saying, okay, we're a seven-win team. You know, if they pull off an upset today, that really puts things in play. Of course. I think that a a lot more things need to happen, though, right? Part of the reason they're behind schedule is this defense hasn't taken any steps forward at all either, right? You spend a whole bunch of money in the offseason on defense, adding Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards. You add a bunch of dudes. And you still have issues at health and depth with Eddie Jackson being out and other guys being out, you know. Um, and then also, adding sweat is nice right now. I don't know if it's going to be enough to turn losses into wins the rest of the season. But if you go over or one for in the division, out. Out. Well, that's that, two years in a row. That's also something that Ryan Poles has talked about being important, right? Absolutely. you got to play well in the division, and, and that's where can't. it starts. They, they couldn't hang with the Packers at the beginning. So you have the entire offseason, the entire offseason to get ready for one game. And I know you're not ready to get ready for one game, but for one game against the Packers, and it looks like that, and look what the Packers are now. Like, they're a garbage team too, right? And then you can you barely hang with the Vikings. They end up winning that game. I mean, I don't even want to look ahead and see what the Lions are going to be against the Lions for two games. The, the Lions are going to be against the Lions? The Lions oh, against the, the Lions. Lions. <laughs> the Lions yeah. against the Lions. Right. So, like, if you're an eight-and-a-half-point underdog, nine-point underdog today, oh, yeah. on the road in Minnesota in two weeks, come on. 
Yeah, like, and, and that's where, you know, so like my, my answer, your answer is that the Bears are behind schedule. Absolutely. I would, I would agree with you that they're behind schedule. I would suggest, though, Ryan Poles has been making moves as if they are on schedule. Well, yes and no. I think Sweat is a good piece that if you can get it, again, you said, get to the bottom of the pool, bounce right back up. If they make and spend the money wisely this offseason, you've got two first-round picks. Maybe you end up getting more out of that where you trade one of them back, and then you end up recouping that second-round pick. You've got adding more talent to this team. Um, you know, a lot of the – some I say a lot. Some of the guys that he's drafted are actually showing up and playing really well, right? You've got DJ Moore. You might get Marvin Harrison Jr. You might add a new quarterback. Like, you might – like, this could be a completely different roster next year – and I could see them moving back up. And if it's the, the win total, seven and a half, we're talking about – it's still behind schedule. Don't get me wrong. Still yeah. behind schedule. But we're talking about next year the way we were talking about this year. Whereas contend for, the play, for a spot in the playoffs, in the division, win eight games, be around 500, and just be better. Be a lot better next year. Now, if they end up at the end of the season winning six or seven games – like you painted the picture too, like like Bob Ross over there. That's fine. I could see that a little happy tree over here in the corner with a win against the Cardinals. Maybe a little happy tree over here with a win against the uh, the Falcons. That's good too. That's fine. But you're still behind schedule, and I don't think adding sweat for the next four years means you're making a move for right now. Because I could still see them being a team that has a seven and a half win total next year. I think we agree though. Nobody uh, who's a Bears fan would suggest that this team is ahead of schedule. No, 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 no. Uh, Because I I think that's where you look at other teams around the national football league and you can have one down year. You can have a rebuilding process, but you see some progress. You see the coaching staff coming together. Like that's where I would say they're behind because they don't have an answer at quarterback Mm -hmm. still. No, they also don't have an answer for the coaching staff still. No. Right? We're, we're heading towards the end of two years with this rebuilding process. You don't have an answer at either of those spots, thus you're behind schedule. I think, like, mm-hmm. objective number one would have had to be figure out that quarterback-coaching combination. The fact that we're still questioning it right now would lead me to believe that you're behind schedule. What do you think, Bears fans? 312-332-3776. At this point in the rebuild, are the Bears on schedule, ahead of schedule, or behind schedule? We'll take your calls next. ESPN Chicago. It's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. Welcome, Abdallah, getting you ready for the network pregame show with Sylvie, Lance, and Dion coming up in 23 minutes right here on ESPN Chicago. Question is this, where are the Bears on the rebuild? Are they on schedule, ahead of schedule, behind schedule? Chris and Aurora, what do you think? Hey, guys. I really do tend to believe that they're more close to being on schedule than either other option. I mean, Ryan Poles stripped this thing down to the studs, and I think... Once Justin comes back, we get a a fair evaluation period on him, bring in some young pieces on an already young team, and continue to evaluate. But uh, based on the competitiveness the last couple weeks, that's a good trend in uh, a rebuild year two. All right, so there you go. On schedule, what do you think, Abdal? 
I mean, look, I think it depends on what happens next year, right? Like, I won't know what the schedule is until I see what happens at the end of the year and what, what they bring in. Like, I was just looking up, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Jim Harbaugh and whether or not he's going to leave Michigan and be a candidate here. Remember when he went to San Francisco, they were 13-3 and his first year. Yeah. Like, they surprised a lot of people. They weren't expected to be that good. New system, new new quarterback, new players, or new coaches, new players, new all that kind of stuff. They came in and they were 13-3. and three. So if the Bears can come in, like let's say Harbaugh comes in or a new coach or whatever and leads them to 10 wins, I'll be like, okay, well, last year was on schedule then, I guess, right? Because you, you drafted more players. You shored up the offensive line. You got your stud uh, wide receiver and DJ Moore. You built a, a better defense. Like you added your, your edge rusher and Montez Sweat. Like, and then in next year's draft, you're drafting high still, so that's fine. You're getting better players. You're rebuilding, and now you've got 10 wins all of a sudden next year. And it's like, oh, okay, well, all right. I guess it was on schedule because now they're 10 wins and they're in the playoffs. Well, so I don't think you know the schedule until we get, like, the final results. It's a weird, yeah. it's a weird way to like, kind of look at it backwards. Sure. But I don't think we know until we see what this team can actually be with what they can be next year and what they can be still at the end of the season because you still have half the season left. Right. And uh, so, like, that's where you kind of look at the whole thing and, and kind of how it finishes out. If they are successful here at the end of the season, I could see a situation where you could make a case that they are on schedule. If they finish out year two, hot, right? They win a few games, they get close to 500. At that point, you would say, yeah, they are on schedule you take the big leap next year. Jim uh, Alexa tweets us. He says, until the Chicago Bears solve the quarterback problem, they will always be behind on a rebuild. Mm-hmm. I think there's some truth to that as well. Reggie on the north side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Reggie? Yeah, I mean, and turning to that question of a quarterback and the coach, I mean, I just haven't seen enough development of Justin Fields, and i got to put that on the coaches here, to trust that they can do it with Fields or anyone. And so where I'm stuck with, with these draft picks, is it, it's like giving, like, like, a person that can't cook, like, Wagyu beef, right? Like, you can have the best ingredients in the world, but if you're going to burn it, there's no point to it. And so we're going to be stuck again with another situation, and this always happens, seems, to the Bears, where you have a disconnect of talent there and a coach that doesn't match it, and then you put a person behind, like a young player, learning a new system every year because you keep changing offensive coordinators, keep changing coaches. Like, at this point, they got to be looking at, at least if I'm polls, I'm looking at a new coach that can develop whoever I bring in next. Because if not, I'm going to waste two draft picks. That's just my take on it. I just don't think there's this coaching staff has shown enough to keep their jobs. And that's the real issue, not the talent issue. Yeah, thanks for the call, Reggie. I'd say this to add to that conversation. That's why when you're looking for a head coach, Obviously, when you're rebuilding or or position one for your franchise is get the quarterback right. Mm-hmm. So, like in any situation, if you could land that that top ten quarterback, top five guy, Hall of Fame guy, that's more important than whoever the coach is. That quarterback's the most important person in the franchise. But if you can't do that, to me, the next important item to to cross off the list, if that's the situation is that you have to find a head coach who can coach up lesser quarterback talent to still be a successful team. And that's why Kyle Shanahan is so good. Mike McDaniel is so good. Is mm-hmm. like these guys are offensive-minded coaches who can coach up lesser talent. I'm not saying that 
You know, I mean, perhaps Brock Purdy is a lesser talent. I mean, Tua was highly touted. We both liked Tua coming out of Bama. Yeah. We both liked him heading into the draft. Uh, I liked the comparisons of Tua's passing abilities to Drew Brees. I thought that that all made a lot of sense going mm-hmm. in. So I'm not saying that Tua's lesser talent, but I think that's where there's value in getting an offensive mind as your head coach because then if you don't have that high-level quarterback, you at least can can coach up whoever it is. And that's why it's it's still a miss that the Bears went defensive with Eberflus when they did because now you're in this spot where like even that guy can't coach up the quarterback to make a Justin Fields look. You know, when you, you squint your eyes, you know, like make him look like he's yeah. he's out there as a top five, top yeah. ten quarterback. Yeah, no, I, I think that it, it's uh it's something that we've seen with the Bears and Fields now where you've got two coaching staffs that kind of haven't been able to get what they need to out of him, right? Where you've got two guys where you know, he is learning a new system. That's why that's why I wouldn't bring in a coach and say you have to go with Fields again. Like we don't know yet. We're still going to try. We're trading out. Like you can't do that cuz to me that puts you even more behind schedule. Like you want to talk about behind schedule, it would be handcuffing another coach. And look, there's going to be good if you want the top guy again, like if you want Ben Johnson, if that's your top guy, the the offensive coordinator for the Lions, if that's who you want, then you're going to have to let him tell you which quarterbacks he likes and not say, well, you're, you're stuck with Fields, man. Sorry, that's the hand we're dealing. And then guess what? If he's not the guy, then we'll draft one in next year's draft when the talent pool is not nearly as good as what's in this year's draft. Scott in Oakland listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Scott? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, yeah, so I agree with both you guys. The, the Bears are definitely behind schedule. And they're behind schedule. I mean, uh, Poles has been okay, but the mistakes he's made, you know, like with Claypool, you know, I know we've been beating that one down, but imagine if he got a good center or if he got a good, you know, offensive lineman, a decent guard with that pick uh, when he did that. So, and, and, you know, and I agree with Abdallah, you've, you've got to get some free agents. Um, I was talking to your the guy t- taking the phone calls and Sean. the uh, – yeah, John. And the Niners, you know, comparing them to what I see out here, you know, they, they yes, they've drafted better than the Bears have, but they also brought in Trent Williams. He was a really uh, high-end free agent. And so you got to have a mix. Otherwise, we're just going to have to call obvious shirts and have them make a, a T-shirt that says, uh, you know, salary cap champions. That would be all we have. So if we don't have we don't have any talent. And, and, then, and then on fields – um, he's got to show that he can beat some good teams. You know, right now he's doing, uh, he's on par with what Trubisky did. Now I know Trubisky got more wins, but we all know he had a better defense around him. But Trubisky generally only played well against the bad teams. He, there was when the Lions were bad, you know, the game against Tampa Bay. And right now that's pretty much all we have on the, on the resume for, for Justin. And so I'd love to see him show in these last eight nine games that's left and by the way he's not they're not winning seven but it's going to be five at the most but in these last few games i'd like to see him beat a good team anyway thanks guys thanks always Scott. enjoy you thanks for always listening out there in oakland on the espn chicago app it's blocking abdallah here on espn 1000 the espn chicago app each week on our show blocking abdallah weeknights six to eight we like to look at the top five teams oh. the bottom five teams in the nfl it's five out five down Up. 
Five up. High five. Five down. Down low. Too slow. Five up and five down with Black and Abdallah on ESPN 1000. And down. Five up, five down brought to you by West Coast Men's Health. Abdallah, we look at the top of the board. Number five hanging into the week. I have Miami at six and two. They're facing off against the Chiefs right now, the number one team in offensive yards per play. They're 14th defensively, so not too bad. Uh, right now, they're in a hole against the Chiefs, down 14 nothing at the moment in the second quarter. I'm glad I did not put the, uh, the Dolphins at number five. I put the Jags, and I think I, I, I look uh, I look better for it yes. right now. I put the Jags are seventh in overall DVOA, but their offense is something. They've been playing really well uh, as of late. I go with the Jags at five. Number four, I have the Dallas Cowboys at five and two. They beat the Rams last week, 43-20. Dak threw for 300 yards, four touchdowns. Their, de- their defense is 10th in defensive yards per play. I like Dallas at four. I put the Lions at four, um, but I I didn't know where to put the Jags or the Lions. It's like I have the three teams that I like. I have top three teams. And then four and five to me, it's like Jags, Cowboys. Like Cowboys would have been sixth for me. Lions are in there. So I put the Lions at four, Jags at five. And if I had six, if this is six up, six down, it would be the, the Cowboys at six. All right, let's uh, play the match game for the top three. <laughs> And see if we have the same teams. Number three, I have Kansas City at six and two. I also have Kansas City. They're top five in both offense and defensive DVOA. Just a flu game for uh, it could be because look, Mahomes looks great today. Yeah, Fourteen nothing. Yeah. Two minutes left to go flu in the game second last quarter. Week, I'm not dropping them that much. They're they're still in the top three. Let's see number two. Give me Baltimore at six and two. The number one team in, in overall DVOA. They've got the best defense in the NFL. They're number four on offense. They're firing all cylinders. They've got a great game today against the Seahawks. Uh, should be a great one. I'm Yeah, yeah, okay. And I think it's a flimsy number one, but their record suggests they're, they're the best, the best team. team in the NFL. Doesn't it's, matter. Uh, yeah, Philadelphia at seven and one. You find ways to win football games. It doesn't matter. <laughs> find ways to win, Chris. Yeah, we go to the bottom. Uh, number 28, that's where I have the Bears at two and six. I have the Raiders at, uh, at, at, at I, okay, again, I have the three worst teams, but I was like, Bears, Raiders, Bears, Raiders. I'm going to go with Raiders. I'm going to go right. with Raiders. 29. I have the Giants at 2-6. and six. I have the Bears there, the 30th defense, and they, they have two wins, which is why they're higher than everybody else. Number 30, let's uh, play match game. I have the New England Patriots at 30. They're not in my top five, my oh, bottom wow. five. I have the Giants there. Oh, I have the okay. Giants there. Because someone right. told me that Brian Dable was the best coach to hire and that Daniel Jones was the best quarterback because Brian Dable wanted him. And guess what? They're 32nd in offense. I know Daniel Jones is a playing point still stands. Are you talking to someone specifically here on the station? Good morning, Cap. Number 31, I have the Cardinals at seven and one, I have one and seven. I have the Cardinals there too. I didn't put them 32 because you hung with the Ravens. Good job. Participation in the NFL. Yep. Uh, Carolina's the worst team in football. Yay, there you go. There's five up, five down. Up and down. Five up. High five. Five down. Down low. Too slow. Five up and five down with Black and Abdallah on ESPN 1000. Down. 505 Down It's brought to you by West Coast Men's Health. It's Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. We're 10 minutes away from the network pregame show. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. It's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago.
We are five minutes away from the network pregame show with Sylvie, Lance, and Dion. They will get you ready for the Bears and the Saints. Kickoff at noon with Joniak and Thayer right here on ESPN 1000. Abdal, all right, as we take a look at this game, Bears and Saints, what do you suggest? What is your pick for this game? What do you think will happen? <laughs> the craziest play I've ever seen in this what, game. What just happened? Uh, in this, uh, there was a fumble. So Miami's driving down the field trying to score before the end of the game. There's a fumble. End of the game. It's, it's, end of halftime. End, okay. end, end of the first half. And uh, there's a fumble, and Kansas City picks it up. They're trying to run it back as the guy's about to be forced out of bounds. He tosses it back to another defensive player, and they run the length of the field wow. and score a touchdown. All right, so Kansas City leads now. Uh, extra point pending, what? touchdown pending. Uh, yeah, it looks clean. Uh, 20 nothing as they head to halftime. Uh, extra point pending for the Kansas City uh, Chiefs over the Dolphins. i got to sweat this under. Okay. Your um, thoughts on the uh, so Bears and Saints, I think, I, I, obviously, I've been saying it the whole show. I bet the Bears at 9.5. I think it's too okay. Like, the Saints aren't great. They have a very, very good defense. I think that the Saints win, and it's like 27-20, something like that. Like, I have to say that the Bears cover because I bet it. Even though, like, in the back of my head, I feel like it's going to be 27 to 10. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 27 to 10, but I'm going to say 27 20. I'm going to give you 28 15, Saints. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I think uh, it will be a weird day for the Bears. I think the offense will struggle. They'll get some field goals in there mixed in, maybe a touchdown. Uh, give me 28 15, Saints. I, I, this is the point. We've seen to this, uh, to this point with Matt Eberflus that his team doesn't show up prepared for these games. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's a big spot. You'd expect them to kind of do something uh, and show up. I, I just feel like the Superdome is a really difficult place to play. Yeah. And this team's not going to be prepared for it. So 28-15 Saints. Uh, we will be back uh, tomorrow night, uh, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000. <laughs> We'll also be with Carmen and Yurko tomorrow, starting at noon, right here on ESPN 1000. At noon today, we will be at Fry the Coop to have some chicken, to have some beer with Pipeworks, and we are going to have uh, a good time watching football at noon over in Westtown. Yeah, it's a location on Chicago Avenue. Come hang out. It's right around Chicago and Ashland. Come say hi. Come grab some chicken. Come grab some beer. It's going to be awesome. We've got tickets to things that we're giving away. We've got a bunch of Pipeworks beer that we're going to be giving away, sweatshirts, all that kind of stuff. Come hang out. It's going to be awesome. Fry the Coop is giving away this stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, We will be there. Fry the Coop is giving away uh, some tickets yeah. that are out there, Some uh, po- possibly some basketball tickets, mm-hmm. some, uh, some baseball, base- baseball tickets. tickets yeah. uh, they've also got a ton of merch, uh, hoodies. Uh, Pipeworks has some beer they're giving away, all kinds of stuff. Fry the Coop gift cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so come hang out noon. We will be at Fry the Coop in Westtown. Today, watching football. It's Black and Abdal. Coming up next, the network pregame show. Sylvie, Lance, and Dion next. The new home of the Chicago Bears.